from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Jackson will keep it. Sweeps to the right, looking to throw. Now he lobs it at the tennis. Got a man open. Touchdown, Ravens! Isaiah Likely! The Ravens strike first in New Orleans. Jackson will handle the Drake. He's got a crease. He's to the one. He's to the goal line. Touchdown, Ravens! Kenyon Drake! It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Rolling into another hour of Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Headlines on the way. Ari is steering the ship. Great promotion we've got up on LVSportsNetwork.com. There's no phone in for this one. You just go to the website. Easy peasy. LVSportsNetwork.com. Your chance to win $15,000. It could be your rent or mortgage over the course of the next, uh, whatever it is, 10, 11, 12 months. $15,000. It's all courtesy of Aaron Taylor, the real estate guy at ESPN Las Vegas. Fifteen grand to help cover your rent or mortgage. Or, you know what, just do what you want with it. How about that? Rent or mortgage for a year from ESPN Las Vegas and Aaron Taylor. But to get in, you got to be 18 or older. All the rules are up at LVSportsNetwork.com. Go to LVSportsNetwork.com. We should have thousands of entries for this one. Thousands. That's a good prize. Thanks to Aaron Taylor. The real estate guy. For putting up the fifteen grand, that's friggin' awesome. ESPN Las Vegas, LVSportsNetwork.com. Thought you were gonna do the song. The no, real estate guy. I was thinking if I was gonna shout out uh, Jacob, the real estate kid. Oh, okay. Both phenomenal. But I decided not to, and then I just did. So some of our favorite advertisers. Does that go? Although the real J- estate kid. I don't know. Although Jacob is very, very presumptuous that he's taking over any second now. Yes, I listen to the commercials. Pushing I love our commercials. Pushing out. I love our commercials. Very important note right now. Ari completely distracting as he points to the whiteboard. <laughs> Okie Pinocchio. So I got a little distracted earlier. I love the spot with Sam Paniotovich, but you reminded me off mic that the Bucks and the Seahawks are playing in Germany. I did. Do you know how far that trip is? Far. It's farther than Jacksonville. It's, it's roughly 5,050 miles. Are they walking? So, I don't know. The, the flight estimates I looked at were like 14 hours. Oof. But what I thought, because I haven't really done, you know, real geography. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't know, since like 12 years old. What <laughs> well, if, hold if, on. If you're, I look at maps every day. No, you don't. I honestly do. What, on your phone? No, just like, I'll say, like, how, where is this country? Well, also. Do you really? Oh, yeah. Every day. Okay. Answer this one for me then. Good. I'll probably get it wrong. I, no. Seattle to Germany, you're flying to the east, over the United States, over the Atlantic to Germany. I want to fly to the west. Can't be that much further. Earth's flat. All right, Kyrie. How, how, much, how much further is it? Is that even like, hey, I want to take a little more of a scenic trip. It's yeah, probably not that much further. It's a long way. Give me a number. 5,000 miles, Seattle to Germany, flying to the east over the U.S. and Europe. <sighs> well, first of all, you'd be going... Be going against currents and wind, so it'd be even it'd be way longer. So you're going over the Pacific. Yeah, you're going over China. You're going over Russia. Well, I know, like flying to Japan is like fourteen, and you got to fly. It's like another ten. 
I think to Japan is about the same distance as it is from Seattle to Germany. All right. We'll do some research on it. I think it's a lot further than you think. When I saw the number, I was like, whoa. That's what I'm saying. It's it's like, way farther. Like way farther. Well, I thought you were suggesting, hey, maybe it's not as bad. Only but like no, two hours further, right? No, it's because it, what I'm God saying is forsaken rush. I think is so big. I think Seattle to Japan is probably about the same as Seattle to Germany, and I would say that that's only like halfway, maybe less. Okay, all right. We'll try to figure it out. Very interesting. No, don't don't get distracted. This is what happens. Don't get distracted. Analytics. Uh, <laughs> UNLV wins last night. Men's basketball. They beat Southern. Southern could be a decent team in the SWAC. My challenge for an NCAA tournament bid. They play frenetic style. Same distance. Wait a second. What? Seattle to oh, Tokyo. To same okay, as yeah. Seattle to Germany. Okay, okay, that, that's impressive. I called that without without looking it up, and I was. I know, right. but you didn't answer my question. Seattle to Germany going west. What I'm telling, I'm just saying it's way further because Seattle to Tokyo is probably the same as Seattle to Germany, and I was right about that. All right. And, and Japan. Okay. So now I get so to Tokyo to Germany. No, no. How far is that? It's far. Do you want to do it? Should we take a break? Put the no, bail at five o'clock no, hour. Talk about UNLV basketball. We're yes. Well, it, this is all. This is all your your breakdown of UNLV. I watched the game. I was there. I know you were too. So was I. All right. So good defensive performance. Scoring as expected. Going to be a little while before they get true chemistry. When they got out on the break, when they turned the ball over, when they turned over Southern, it looked awesome. Yeah. But half court offense, it's going to take some time. Not awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of what we expected the team to be. There was a lot of questions of how could they or how are they going to manufacture points? How are they going to score points? Um, I know uh, JVT yesterday when we were kind of breaking down the game was talking about uh, wanting to bet the under in the game. Uh, he said, you know, people should look at it because there probably wouldn't be a lot of points scored. It'll be the points will be hard to come by. And uh, we said the, you know, one of the most difficult parts uh, of looking at how many points are going to be scored is how much were they going to be able to generate off turnovers. And as it turned out, they were able to generate a lot of turnovers. They didn't turn them into instant points all the time. There was a couple of really exciting plays in transition. Uh, but, yeah, I think for a while, this is a team that's going to struggle to score, but it's going to stay in a lot of games, even against better competition than they saw last night because of their ability to defend, because of their ability to get the passing lanes to be disruptive. It's not just that they're good on defense. I think they're going to be able to – cause a lot of chaos on defense if they play like they did last night. So that's how they're going to have to find their offense. They're going to have to find easy baskets and then hope that as the season develops, they can have the offense you know come along to where the defense is. Ninth place team in the Mountain West Conference? They should be better than that. That was Blue Ribbon. I know. They should be better than that. But, but if they can't shoot the three, and last night they went 4-26 and they're – you know, four main scorer slash guys you would expect to hit some threes went one of 17. Got to be better than that. But last season started out like this, too. Will the streak They end? also had Bryce Hamilton last year. That that changed a lot. Will the streak end? Boy, you're a creep. You really are. Uh, moving on in headlines. The reason, the reason I say it is that's back-to-back with Adam Note. Sad. There appears to be optimism today with Josh Allen and his elbow. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Are you one of the idiots who was reveling in the fact that poor Ted Cruz got hit during the uh, H-Town parade by a beer thrown by some idiot? You're that same guy, aren't you? Physical. You're rooting against Josh Allen no, to be out the for the season and have a, his elbow jacked up. I'm rooting against the fans of the Bills. You're rooting for 
Yeah, we're against the fans of the Bills. Okay. Because I always wonder, like, I know you don't like Josh Allen, but I, I can't think of anything that horrific he's done as an adult. No, it's the fans. As an adult. Yeah. Okay. So you're rooting against the fans. Yeah, the tweets I got, like, somebody sent me the tweets again today. I was like, oh, boy. Um, yeah, I don't want the How fans. How old was to be Josh happy. Allen when he sent out the, uh, I believe, racially seven, controversial? 17. Okay. He was nine years ago. Right. So. Shouldn't do it at 17, but you were 17. No. Well, there's also, yeah, there was, some, there was some weird stuff in there. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it, it looks like there's going to be good news, although good news is relative, right? I mean, if there's another injury to the UCL, which it appears there is on some level, I would, I would imagine that Stefan Diggs just sent out a tweet for those to catch you up. Stefan Diggs just sent out a tweet that said rejoice. Now that could mean anything. I took it to mean he's scooping the news that Josh Allen will not need uh, Tommy John surgery. Because that was the fear for the last couple of days from a lot of people, even if it had not been reported at all. Uh, I would assume that that's what that tweet meant. Maybe it didn't. Maybe he's in church. I, I have no idea. But I took it to mean there's good <laughs> news on Stefan Diggs, as a lot of other people have started to pick up on as well from that tweet. But a second injury to the UCL? It probably isn't great long-term. And you did just sign him to a very long guaranteed contract. <laughs> Is five and a half the is it built into the number? Bills Vikings? Yeah, some, I think it was nine. Doubt. I think it was nine until the injury. So what are they knocking off? Two points here? Or are they or is five and a half without Josh Allen? Well, I think it would be lower if he's actually not playing. But the, the right now it's a fifty fifty. Like they knocked it down a couple points to say he might not play, he might. So you have to make a decision if you want to bet that he's gonna play or he's not gonna play or he's not gonna be impacted. And then if he does or doesn't play, then it'll move from there. So your big thing with Josh Allen early in his career when people were saying, hey, this guy's a good quarterback, first couple of years you would turn to PFF. Sure. And you're like, hey, it's proof of the numbers. Yeah. Right? You're telling me he's a top 15, top 10 guy. He's consistently rated 25 to 30. Yeah. That's what the numbers say. Do you ignore those numbers now? No, he's high. Okay. I've said I've said consistently he was horrific for two years. Right, but I but I heard good you for a year and then great. And I understand it's sports talk radio and I understand this is your thing with Josh Allen. But I heard you yesterday mention multiple times the last couple of weeks that Josh Allen was horrific. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, by the PFF numbers, if we're going to use them, that eight turnover worthy plays the, in the last two weeks. By the PFF numbers, his rating was a sixty over the weekend, which is slightly below average. Awesome. The week before, you also said he was terrible. He had a 73 rating, which is actually a little above average. So if you want to if you want to say by his standards he was horrific, that's one thing. By PFF's objective well, quarterback he, ratings, well, he also, wasn't horrific. I'd also say the average quarterback right now is horrific. And it's, quarterback play is So you think bad. the whole bar has been lowered? 60 is a D minus. How is that not horrific? It's not a D minus. Si- 60 is a D minus. A 60 score would be around 25 or 26 in the NFL. That's D minus. For the season. Yeah, this is D minus. Stop. A Stop. is 90 to 99. Stop. You're getting crazy. B is 80 to 80. This is just facts. B is 80 to 89. C is 70 to 79. D is 60 to 69. So D minus. You've gotten out of control with the bashing <laughs> of Josh Allen. This is why we don't bring it up anymore. 20, you said our 26 in the league isn't bad? Horrific to me is, I mean, again, we're using PFF numbers, and for people out there, like we don't understand what the hell's going on right now. But sure, he has, but he's also at eight, is like scoring in the thirties or turnover 40s. worthy plays in two years in two weeks. That's awful, awful, awful. And by the way, how many of those quarterbacks that are in that range are making what he's making? 
Because that does impact the rest he's, of your he's, team. He's allowed to have two average to mediocre games. Worse, and, and, worse and some of it, and some of it. Back to your point, it might be this might be elbow related, so it might maybe it's worse. Elbow was hurt. Two plays, two plays left in the game. Well, he grabbed his elbow. Two plays left. Oh, in the you game. saw when he when he got hit on I that. Saw, on I the saw throw. him grab there was, it. There was yeah. with two plays left. I saw him grab it. I saw him grab it. I, I I actually said, if you were listening, I said, if anybody tries to bring up the elbow as a reason, stop right I did, there. I did hear it. It happened with two plays left in the game. So on Adam days, we banned Josh Allen talk because there's just no rhyme or reason. We're gonna be close at some point to Mike McDaniel being banned, but he's, I but I like the story, so we're gonna stick with it. He's great because you're Gaga the other way. True, I love him. We know you do. He's a Yale guy. He's very smart. He runs that, as you called it, the football porn offense that the Niners ran. Oh, I watched I watched a very very long video breaking down the play that they run most often. It was oh, just, it's beautiful. I just drifted into like another place. <laughs> And you never do that, no, was, unless it's on uh, with the aid of narcotics. Um, was there an encounter with Mike McDaniel and Justin Fields? Yeah, there was. He was on the he was on the sideline. He was caught saying "just stop" to Justin Fields, and there was a lot of controversy. What was that about? So he was asked about it. Third quarter, about the five minute sixteen mark, you spoke to uh, Justin Fields on the side. It seemed like you said to him to stop running the ball. Um, did you kind of knew that that? That's what the game plan was for them going into the to the game, or no? I just wanted them to stop scrambling, and it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching. He didn't take the coaching. Stop eating us. That's great. How could you not love the guy? Does Actually, McDaniel care at all about defense? Because he needs to start paying attention to the defense a little fine. bit. Just outscore teams. Not every week. I, I love it. It works. Are they a real AFC contender with that defense? I yeah. know they added help in Brad, with Bradley Chubb. Yeah, I think. They, I mean, I think they are because even though their defense is not good, they have been. They have made some big plays, kind of when they've needed to at times. They've caused some turnovers. They actually got a a blocked kick this this game that turned into points. So um, they make plays here and there to help out. But no, this team is constructed to just outscore teams, and I, I don't know how. Often that's going to work necessarily, but it's working right now. Again, Tua is 6-0 and in games that he has started and finished. When you're winning, there's cohesion. Everyone's happy. Coach and quarterback are getting along. When you're not, then you might have a situation like Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels. Are there problems? Well, there better be. No, no. I mean, between the two of them, I know there are lots of problems with the team. What was Derek Carr saying the other day? Because, again, he was speaking with this weird coded language. I, I You're asking me to he's translate. Like, I, you know, I've got stuff to say, but I'm not going to say it out here. Yeah, I talked to Derek Carr. What does that mean? I talked to Derek Carr four times a week. I don't know what he says. I don't know what he says. I don't. It's it's codes. It's it's other. You know, I I don't always understand. And like, and there there are, you know, part of what he says sometimes is, you know, trying to give you things without actually saying it. I I don't know what he's always doing. I did give to your point about Josh Allen. I gave Josh Allen a lot of credit the other day, saying, "Hey, this team played well. I played like garbage." Like that doesn't usually happen from the Raiders, right? Uh, you you know, Carr said the other day, like there was a couple of plays we could have had. I just had to scramble before I was able to throw. Like that now you're throwing somebody under the bus. And if you asked him, he would say, "That's not what I'm doing." It is. That's the way it came across. Right. That, that's what he. That's don't what you're qual- doing. don't use qualifiers. Yeah. Like Allen, when Allen sat down, he's like, "The quarterback sucked." Yeah. And by the way, that was true. So I don't like. I I think that's what you should. 
that's more of how you should probably handle things. Like there's sometimes we could say, hey, look, on this play, this happened, or here's why we didn't get on this play. Like there's certain things like that. But in general, when you're when you're putting on other people, and, and it seems like that's the way it goes. And I, look, I think a lot of people in the organization are doing it right now. I think Josh McDaniels is kind of doing it to a point of some of the things that he's saying, not specifically, but as you get the feel of, hey, it's this, it's this, it's this. And, um, you know, Derek kind of talked about his back injury last week, which kind of came from out of nowhere. And, you know, there's, there's, sometimes there's excuses. Sometimes there's reasons. These sound like more excuses than reasons at, at times. Uh, is there a problem? Like, I think there should be. I don't think you should be happy with your coach. And I don't think your coach should be happy with your quarterback when you're two and six and falling far below expectations. This Sunday after the Raiders take out just Saturday and the Colts, that better happen. Silver and black after party at Crazy Works 3 right across the street. 364-1100, Let's give out some VIP treatment. Ari's going to hook you up. 364-1100, free entry for yourself. And friends, you get a table, you get some drinks. Crazy Wars 3 on Sunday after the game. They've For all the home games, they've got a silver and black after party. Great spot. You show up with a ticket or a local ID. You are in for free. Hell, you show up tonight with an I Voted sticker. You can get a free drink as well. And they're doing a canned food drive. Crazy Horse 3 is benefiting Angels of Las Vegas anytime between this Thursday and Wednesday, November 30th. Bring in three non-perishable canned goods. And you, once again, get a free cocktail courtesy of Crazy Horse 3. So go check it out. Crazy Horse 3 on Russell. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Kerr wants somebody to come up top. He's jumping up and down in midcourt. He says, Draymond, go screen for Curry. He does. Curry gets hurt or takes a three. Good! It's good! Timeout, Sacramento! Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Fired up or bad sign of things right now with the Warriors. Got to win. Curry was all fired up to uh, hit another three. What was he, 7-12 last night? Is he a 59 in the first 10 games to open the season? I think that's a record previously held by Steph Curry. I think he's got the top five performances coming out of the gates in the first 10 games of the year. Uh, I think he's done 52 now, five five years overall. He's had at least 52 threes in the first 10 games. He's got 59 right now. Is that he, good? He can still do it. Now can, the rest, now can the rest of the team still do it? That's the question. Uh, it's a huge question. Uh, one is Clay Thompson because yep. oh boy, I know. Uh, defensively, yesterday he definitely struggled. He's been struggling consistently. The offense you keep thinking of coming back, and you know I know what he he talked about the other day, and when he did his you know post game of I'm just trying to get back. Like you know the the cr- criticisms don't help. Um, you know wait what. About, yeah, he was talking. He did the whole passionate rant about uh, who was a Barkley crushing him. I think it was on TV. You didn't see that? I didn't. But you're telling me Clay Thompson is pushing back on people trashing him a little bit? Yeah. Okay. Wasn't he the one who was on the road at the start of the season talking about four rings, four rings, four rings, and got tossed from the game? Which at the time, Candy was on that day. We both pointed to. That sort of behavior, like, dude, why are you punching down on the Suns? Are you feeling a bit insecure? Yes, he is. 
Well, he's, yes. I think he clearly is. Yes, he knows I, that he's long in the tooth. I hope and it's not easy to come back from these injuries, and he's probably not going to be the player who he was. I, I hope I'm right about this. If you didn't see it, that's not a good sign. I, I, I'm sure I watched it. Well, I was, I did, yeah. you know, five hours of college basketball last night. Well, this, no, this was this was like last week. I did a lot of football over the weekend. No, yeah. I miss it. Yeah, I miss um, it. But yeah, he was, you know, he was upset about. He's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm trying my best. Like, I want to get back to where I was, and uh, I'm, I'm. <laughs> Take it easy on me. Basically, I, I never talk trash at anyone. Um, but you felt it. Like he was very emotional yeah. about it for sure. Um, and you also get like he missed two straight years with an injury and. Came back and he wasn't quite there last year. Leafs tied it up. Uh, he wasn't quite there last year, and he thought maybe with this off season he would get back to uh, close to being where he was, and just hasn't been there. But it's concerning because even with him, and he's he's been part of the starting lineup, and they've been okay. But the the secret to the the Warriors' success the last couple of years has been this great starting lineup. You put some pressure on the on the other team by getting ahead, and then you come in with this second wave that keeps it up and. You know, wears you down and then bring the starters back in. And, you know, they've been able to do that and maintain this depth. That's not happening. So you're saying the problem is not just Clay Thompson, the fact that they were expecting their three young guys to now be the wave here and develop. Yeah. That's been real slow. And you just look, look, plus minus is a somewhat controversial stat, and I get it, and it's not always the be all end all. But yesterday, just look at the box score and you look at the plus minus of the starters in the bench. And I think five bench guys played. And all five starters were at like, you know, plus 14, plus 15, plus 16. And all the bench guys were like minus 11, minus 12. Uh, it's not good. And they, they are not maintaining that standard and that level when they go to the bench. That's that's more concerning than anything else to me. But certainly Clay struggles offensively and de- defensively, more importantly, because when Clay was great, it was, hey, yeah, he'll knock down the three for you and he'll generate some offense, but he is a shutdown defender. Not really the case right now. All the way, Marcus Arroyo radio show that's coming up at 6 o'clock, a Tuesday edition with Russ Langer and myself. I'll be around here doing the show as we get ready a little earlier in the week for a Fresno game on Friday night. There is a Thanksgiving food drive at the game. Rebel Football and the UNLV uh, Food Pantry are teaming up to collect non-perishable food items during Friday night's game at the Owl. You bring by non-perishable items. First 100 people who do that in Lot C. We'll get a $10 gift certificate for uh, some Rebel gear at the Raider Image stores. So make sure you bring some canned goods to the game. And by the way, if you want tickets for the game, UNLVtickets.com is where you go. Right now they've got a family four-pack special. Parking pass, very vital. Parking pass and four tickets for 160 bucks. I think UNLV in this case, now that Fresno is healthy, is going against the second most talented team they faced all year. I think Notre Dame is probably the most talented, but the most talented healthy in the Mountain West Conference in Fresno, massive game. This would be a great upset to pull so that you're not backs against the wall having to win those final two games to be bowl eligible. It's a 7.30 kickoff, and there's a food drive. Great time to get out to Allegiant on Friday night. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. Before the 2018 draft, you had a lot of high praise for Lamar Jackson. You called him a leader. You called him special. Now you see him every Sunday. What stands out to you about Lamar Jackson? Well, the number one thing is I have a chance to be a free agent, and he has a chance to be a free agent. I I would say that (laughs) first. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. All right, bold moves. Bold moves, Sean Payton on Manning Cast talking about Lamar Jackson. 
Sean Payton, Lamar Jackson, Las Vegas Raiders next year. Ooh. Probably not going to happen. Don't forget. I'm correct on this, right? Sean Payton, the acquisition will require some compensation to the Saints, correct? Well, I think it's just sat out of here. Doesn't it change it? Hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested. Yeah. We should know that. We should know that. George Reister's with us. We want to talk football. That's why I always say when I listen to shows, I'm like, don't ask anyone a question on the show that you really don't know the answer to. <laughs> you could get cut, uh, could get caught. George, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Nighttime host on SiriusXM, former uh, tight end in the National Football League with the Jaguars and the Giants, and a former Las Vegas loco, which is always why we like having you on. <laughs> and we want to talk a little uh, Ducks football here. So we were just talking about the Raiders. Boy, this is a mess. What are you seeing with the Raiders? This is unreal. I mean, getting off to a slow start is one thing, but now we're talking about tanking, and they're sitting here at 2-6. and six. Oh, it's a dumpster fire, man. This is a... This is a dumpster fire floating on a barge in the, in the middle of the Hudson River. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean this this team made the playoffs last year. They made the playoffs and not just barely snuck in. And then they added Devontae Adams and Ch- and Chandler Jones, and it's been a it's it, it's horrendous. And like there, there's no way that you can spend. The fact that they've lost three seventeen-point leads in, in 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 eight weeks, and Mc, McDaniel's is again having a terrible start to his coaching to to his coaching, you know, the uh, same way it went in Denver. So, I mean, if you are Mark Davis, uh, unless something picks up over the end of the season, I don't know how you keep this dude on. So I'm going to continue your analogy of a dumpster fire on a barge in the Hudson. I like it. Who lit the match? Like who, who did this? Oh, it was, it was Mark Davis and he did it unintentionally (laughs) because he, he had after firing John group, the team was playing really well under rich Basaccia. I mean, they, they just so were. And sometimes, Owners, they think that when it's an interim coach, they're like, listen, they just got a bump because it's a new coach, and there are two things that happen in the NFL. Coaches get fired and players get get, get fired. And the coach got fired, so the players want to make sure they don't get fired. And he wanted to make – and so he thought that that would be, you know, a better option, that a big name doing things the Patriot way. And – that ain't it. I mean, if you really look around the league, aside from Rich, aside from Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, when when has anybody associated with the Patriots as a head coach been successful at all? Yeah. Well, and didn't Vrabel just play there, right? I mean, he didn't coach yes, there, so yes, Kirk, Kirk, yes, I'm just yeah, exactly. So he didn't have the yeah. the stink of the of the Patriots organization, I guess, as a coach. Oh, yeah, no. and then the uh, Houston Texans bringing in all the Patriots people trying to do it the Patriot way. That ain't working either. That's broke too. So, I, I mean, how how difficult of a process would this be? I know you said, hey, if things don't change, you have to look at the coach, potentially look at the GM since the coach and GM are best friends and tied together. Like, how much needs to change from this roster? Is it a total rebuild or are there some salvageable pieces, I guess? I mean, it's 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 hard to it's hard to think that it's just a roster problem because the roster was the same from last year, right? And I know that they won a lot of close games last season, 
But if you're a good football team, you're always able to do that. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, San Francisco, like the teams who have been consistently good year in and year out, they win close close games year in and year out because they're good football teams. And so I think that you do need a head coaching change. And like and even with and I like Derek Carr, right? As a, a person, I think he's a good good leader, all these other great, you know, personal things. But is he a difference maker? Adding Devontae Adams should be like a ten touchdown boost for you. <laughs> And not just with Devontae alone, but it should open up things for, for, for other players. And then, But, yes, Hunter Renfro was hurt at the beginning of the season. Darren Waller has not been available. But you would still like to see, you know, like on the back half of the season, you do want to feel like that there is some, some hope for, for the future. And right now there doesn't appear to be a lot of uh, hope. And if you're going to change – McDaniel's, then you do have to at least consider the idea, like, like, do we need to try to figure out if we can trade Carr? I mean, I mean, if if you get a or if you get a high enough draft pick and you want to go quarterback, then then you go quarterback. But if you look at the their first round draft pick since 2019, Cleveland Farrell, fifth year option decline. Josh Jacobs, fifth year option decline, even though he's playing phenomenal this year. Jonathan Abram cut, Henry Ruggs in jail and cut, David Arnett cut, Alex Leatherwood cut. I mean, you're going to fail when you miss on all of your first-round picks. Talking about the Raiders, little NFL talker with former NFL player and now a national sports talk host on Sirius XM, George Reister. Nice enough to join us. And, you know, the other distressing thing for me with the Raiders is I'm starting to see some, some cracks, you know, Adams, uh, getting into McDaniels a little bit. We're hearing whispers about maybe the defense is a little hard to understand for guys coming from Graham. We also had Darren Waller say last week that, yeah, some guys are having trouble understanding the offense. When you've got players pushing back saying, hey, things are a little too complicated with your system, that's not a good sign. No, no, it's not. And you and you always have to remember that players are actually very smart because the, these are people who who went to college? They went to class. I mean, some 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 of them obviously took school more, you know, like more seriously than than others did. But your entire career, you've had different game plans every single week and different offenses, verbiage and all of that stuff. So when multiple players are having problems, that's a that's a coaching issue and not a player issue because because players, despite you know the uh, the uh, jokes and all of that stuff. Fo- football players, in particular, generally have to be extremely smart. You ever encounter in the pros or in college a coach who had an attitude like, "You guys aren't smart enough to understand this"? Because my, my like, I would fire back and be like, "Yeah, okay, if that's the case, you're supposed to coach us. You're supposed to adjust." To make it, you know, as best for us to understand. You've ever encountered that where a coach was just so full of himself they couldn't adjust? No, no. I, honestly, I didn't. Um, I I had, you know, on the offensive side, our our coordinators. Even though some of them were good, some of them were uh, bad. They did have simple to. Oh wait, oh God, good God. No, well, I I, I will will say the Gettleman <laughs> system. Yep. with the uh, Giants is. Tough, bro, yeah. and and I would consider myself high, like like in the in the in the one percent of intelligence, 
Right. And and that thing, bro, that that pushed that pushed your boy to the limit. I will I will admit that this is a clunky segue, but if they were to move on from McDaniel's, who's the next white up? Because that's clearly what Just, we're doing in the yep, NFL now. Yep. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly right. Um, hmm, I, I don't, I, I don't know. Bring out, um, oh, maybe Rich Gannon, Rich Gannon, okay. um, or sure. uh, you know, some some other person who has no qualifications or experience and who has never coached, but uh, but maybe Mark Mark Davis will have a gut feeling too, like Jim Irsay. <laughs> So what do you make of uh, Jeff Saturday getting a chance and so much of the pushback, especially from the African-American coaching community, like, hey, man, we, we can't get head coaching jobs. I mean, Eric Bieniemy, whatever's going on with Bieniemy, bad interview or some you know some stuff in the past, I mean, this is sort of outrageous that Eric Bieniemy as a part of the Chiefs for this long can't get a job. Jeff Saturday off of ESPN immediately into a head coaching position? Oh, yeah. See, see, see here's the uh, thing, because there have been people who have been afraid to talk about this because – Jeff, because Jeff Saturday is generally a very well well respected person. Mm-hmm. He's likable, all of these things, right? So this is not a diss to to a Jeff Saturday because if you gave me that opportunity, I would actually take it too. Even though I have I have just as much coaching acumen. I, actually, I've probably coached more than Jeff Saturday has. <laughs> but uh, but the see the uh, the issue is. Is for is for minority candidates and even for longtime assistants, right? For uh, so long, the uh, the um, the thing that they would say is, "Hold up, you guys need more experience. You need to be coordinators, and after you be coordinators, then you can be a head head coach." But then you see so many people jump the uh, line. Well, then you need to be a play a play caller. Okay, how about Hackett and McDaniel's? They they weren't play callers, but they got jobs. And then they'll tell you, wait, hold up. We we just need more black players to come in and be and be uh and be coaches, especially on the offensive side. And now you're like, you don't even need to be you you can be sitting in the booth and get a job. It is the good old boys net, net network. And and Jim Ursay, he gave away the game. He was like, Yes. obviously he did not circumvent the Rooney rule in any way because you don't have to do that when you fire a coach and have to get an interim. But in the interview he said, Listen, I'm hoping that this is a long term solution, blah blah blah. I have a good good feeling. So you've already made up your mind prior to interviewing anybody. So so anybody that interviews for it is going to be a sham. Like they, they have no shot to get it. And, and it's just tough for long-time assistants, whether they are white, black, or, 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 or anything, the, uh, the fact that you don't feel like you have a fair shake to get a job. And it's really about, oh, oh, who you, are, are you cool with the owner? Because it doesn't matter whether you have any experience at all, then you can get the job. This is going to sound like a crazy question, but I wanted to compare and contrast your teams in the NFL. Are the Giants that much better than the Jaguars, or is it just how the Jaguars don't know how to win? And they, you know, they finally did against the Raiders. But Jags lost a lot of close games this year. How big is the gap between the Giants and the Jags? Um, it's not. It's not as big as it looks right. because the Giants have walked through the raindrops, dude. They have. <laughs> they have won some very, very close games. And when they were what six and one, I was like, this is the worst six and one team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I mean, aside, I mean, they were. They were. 
as bad as the like eleven and zero Steelers a couple years ago, where where you were like, how is this team eleven and zero? And then they got waxed in the first round of the playoffs because you knew they weren't any good. And then they lost like five five straight prior to the end of the season. Oh, but I did want to mention one more thing about the Ursa thing. Yeah, right? I do. Is that is that okay? Do you remember the last two seasons that there was a situation just like this, but the guy didn't get get hired? Do you remember that? I don't. In with the uh, Texans, where they wanted to hire Josh McDaniel. Okay. So, so, so the Texans have been clear that they want to hire him, even though he has no experience, right? So, so now McC- that McCown, have, I think you're saying McCown. Oh, Josh McCown. Yeah, 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 Josh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Josh, yes. Yes. Who did that? Who did I? Who did I you say? said McDaniel's. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Josh. Josh McCown. Okay. So they wanted to hire him with no experience, and then, but they were essentially shamed into not doing it. Right. But now that Jim Jim Ursay has done it, watch watch Lovey Smith get fired this off season, oh my God. and then and then and then Josh McCown get hired because the precedent has already been been set. So I heard a lot of honesty there about the Giants. I want to see what you have to say about your Oregon Ducks because I like the way they've come back this season. I don't know if Oregon made the Final Four, the CFP playoff, if they would excel. Do you think they would now? Yes, you do. Yes. I mean, I mean, well, well, uh, um, unless you end up playing Georgia in the first game. Okay. I mean, well, I don't. That, that'll who, probably be who, the case. That'll probably be the I case. Mean, who, 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 who is going to do well versus Georgia is the question. Who? I, you know what? I, I was talking earlier. I made it's a, it's a very much an outlier bet now. I still think Alabama has the roster to compete oh, with Georgia, but no. th- right now they're, no. they're very much on the outside looking oh, in. Hold on. L- l- listen, Alabama has a, has a good roster, but they're not it this year. They've already lost two games. They barely escaped Texas with a one point win. And then the last play to, to Texas A&M, this team is not dominating teams. <laughs> So, so you can forget about Alabama and Georgia. If they if they played, Georgia would stomp a mud hole in Alabama this year. And then people would be like, "Well, Michigan, Michigan hasn't played anybody, nobody except for Penn State, and Penn State's just okay." So, and and, and Georgia would slow down Ohio State and give Ohio State a, but they would put them in a headlock and give them a noogie. So and and and, T, and TCU would get drowned. So aside from Georgia, I, I I just I mean I think everybody else has a shot against everybody else, and I think that Oregon is playing really well right right now. But we're going to learn even more about Oregon over the next three three weeks when they get Washington this week, who has a phenomenal pass game. Then then they get Utah, who's super super tough in in the top what thirteen, yep. and then you, you're going to have Oregon State, who's probably who was ranked last week and probably going to be ranked this next week as well. Are you going to be mad if I predict that the Ducks go one and two the next three weeks? No, no, right. no, okay, I would not good. be mad because, because <laughs> I, I I just would like you to tweet that to me. Okay, so I, I will. So, keep so receipts. Uh, keep receipts. This dope in Las Vegas says that Oregon's going to go one and two. Um, I, I'm thrilled. Who, do you, who do you think they're going to lose to? Oh, in the next three weeks? Yes. I think they could lose either to Washington or Utah. And they certainly could lose on the road against the Beavers. 
No, no. Come on. They, they, can, they cannot lose to the Beavers. And the, and the, and the reason why yeah. is because, or, because the best thing that Oregon State does is run the football, yeah. and the best thing Oregon does is stop the run. <laughs> so, so if you force Oregon State to throw the football, they, they, they have shown it's been a problem, whether it's Chance Nolan or Ben Goldbrand. It is a problem if you force them into, into if they're staying in third and long on a consistent basis, it's going to be a problem. And I actually think out of all three of those games that Washington actually presents the biggest hurdle because, because Michael Penix Jr., if you give him time, he is a problem. And that, and that uh, Kalen DeBoer offense, so I've said it all year, I'm actually more worried about the Washington game than I am the Utah game right. or the – because Utah is beat up this year. If the Ducks are in the title game, tougher test, USC or UCLA? UCLA. I agree. Cause, because if, if – I'm not – I don't think that they're going to be able to – I don't think USC is going to be able to beat UCLA because if you notice, yep. what did, what did Cal, Cal do? They're a physical team, and they gave USC problems. Oregon State, if Nolan didn't throw four – think about this. Chance Nolan threw four picks. And they didn't, and they only won by three points at the end of the game. So, like, yeah. like if you can line up and run over them, you can't. They can't beat you. George, you're awesome, man. Glad you're doing well with SiriusXM, and appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, thanks. There he is, George Reister. We go to break here. We'll close out a little more college football talk to uh, finish up a Cofield and Company. Today after Cofield and Company, it's the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show at 6 p.m. right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is coming up here in less than five minutes. A lot of football talk and also uh, very important to discuss Veterans Day. UNLV is playing on Veterans Day. I know that's important to the coach and also their uh, food drive for the game on Friday. Lot C, drop off canned goods if you're going to the game. UNLV and Fresno State. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, doing a little cleanup. That Sean Payton note about compensation, that you're going to have to pay the Saints something. You know, probably draft picks, whatever. I, you know, I don't know if it's a player trade. But, yeah, Payton's under contract for – he had three more years left on this deal. So I don't know that sitting out a year does anything. Yeah. So just to clear that up, there's some questions about 40 minutes ago. Well, it might change what the Saints ask for, potentially. Good point. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Uh, betting market's always fascinating to follow on election nights, election days. And in the state of Nevada, Lombardo, pretty hefty favorite. I know like six hours ago, he was like minus 300 uh, over. Sisolak, and then Laxalt was like $4, right? I saw uh, Todd Dewey at your paper wrote that Laxalt was probably like 275 Yeah. Maybe less than that, 225 and uh, Cortez Masso, Costly Catherine, uh, plus 160 But now it looks like the odds have stretched out a little bit. A little bit, yeah. They, they moved up, and it's, a lot of that is based on some of the numbers coming in. The, the turnout among Democrats is awful. Um, so we will see how that changes now. It was said. Now, that- I, I, can I can I pump the brakes because tracking this stuff is hard, and and the 2020 election it w- there were crazy shifts in the numbers over the course of like hours. I'm not saying I have no idea who turned out or who didn't, but I, th- this to me like when if we ever get to bet elections in the U S. and I know there's a downside to it. It's I think it's going to be freaking cool 
Uh, but there are crazy betting opportunities. Oh, there really is. And you, if you know, again, the people that set the numbers tend to know where to look, but a lot of people don't, and they just look at raw numbers, and they're like, oh, this, and react to it, and you can take advantage of that moves in the market. Um, should also point out, Georgia was a big favorite for Herschel Walker. Now pick them. Pennsylvania was a big favorite for Dr. Oz. And uh, Fetterman is now favored. So Nevada going seemingly one way, although it sounds like there's a lot of mail-in votes. We don't know how that's going to go. And uh, Georgia and Pennsylvania seeming to go another. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Not that I'm tracking. Not that you're tracking or rooting for... Nope, just reporting what's happening. Just right down the middle. Right down the middle before you throw your phone out the window. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is on the way in a few.